911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, and I am sitting in front of somebody who is in the freezing cold while I'm here dying and sweating in Southern California. <laughs> How are you guys doing, Gwen Grimes? We're doing really good. We're up in Eagle, Alaska on the Yukon River. Nice, and I, I've seen some pictures, and we're going to go into detail about who you are, a little bit of your guys' background, and um, I... I I one day will go and visit you guys and I hope that we can make that for 2021 because what we're about to talk about, what you guys have created and just the, the place that you have, the space that it is, <clears throat> and most importantly, the fact that people can't really contact you nor contact the outside world while they're there is something that I find incredibly attractive, especially in the world that we're living in today. So um, I know that you have 40 years of experience as an outdoors woman. <laughs> uh, you specialize in rescue and survival. You are also the executive director of this really incredible place called the Wild Woods, Woods Adventure, and we're going to talk about that in a second. You had a celebrity, um, your celebrity on the hit show Naked and Afraid, and also a peer support for the Wounded Blue, which is an incredible organization. I know we've interviewed several people from the Wounded Blue. We're going to an event in October. We have a link down in the show notes on the podcast if that's something that you guys are interested in. And you also have a background working as a paramedic, firefighter, search and rescue, and law enforcement, which is such a mouthful, but I'm so proud to know people like you with such an abundance of experience and backgrounds, and I'm just honored to have you on our show. So thank you so, so much. Thank you for having us. Now, if you don't mind, Gwen, can you kind of walk us through a little bit about what your background was before you got involved in any of the things that you started doing after that and, and certainly what you're doing now? So uh, starting off, I started off as a paramedic, then moved into fire, and then uh, Got a little tired of doing that, and so I switched over to law enforcement. I was uh, about 34 years old when I switched over to law enforcement. I had uh, five kids and raised my five kids predominantly by myself. And um, it was interesting being a single parent and trying to do law enforcement and just kind of functioning in, in both realms as mother, father, and provider for my for my family um in 2014 i transferred from the north slope borough police department that i'd been at for um about eight years down to wasilla police department and the wasilla police department is just north of anchorage about an hour uh serves a community of about seventy thousand people there's 20 or so officers that are there um, I was injured in the line of duty while I was there and cut my career short after 12 years of service. I ended up having to medically retire from a devastating injury to my gun hand. So with that, I was a little bit devastated that I lost my career over an injury that was unsuspecting to me. And my boyfriend, Nate Harbor, who's also here today with us, he's a retired military veteran and the two of us decided to basically pop smoke and move out into the middle of the Alaskan wilderness. <laughs> so we came out to Eagle, Alaska to Homestead 
I was in the, the bottom of the barrel. I was not doing well. Um, I was pretty devastated and, and distraught about losing my job. My everything um, is a really hard time for me. It took about a year for me to pull myself up by my bootstraps. And uh, Nate and I decided that we were going to open up a retreat for wounded police officers and wounded veterans. Uh, we've expanded now into other first responders as well. So we're doing uh, wounded veterans and wounded first responders. Anybody that's suffering from any kind of emotional, uh, psychological, physical, spiritual, any kind of injuries that they feel like they need to use the wilderness to try to help them get better, that's what we're here for. We provide a remote wilderness setting for for those people that are involved in those kinds of, of jobs and careers that if they need to um, come up here and find that peace and solitude, we are so remote that you no longer have cell service when you get out here. <laughs> you are out of contact with the real world. And with that, people find a lot of solace in that because they, they actually go through that digital detox where they're not um, attached to their phones. They don't have things beeping in. They're not bothered by any of that kind of stuff. They can actually totally disconnect and they can go out for walks in the woods. They can enjoy the activities that we have on our homestead. They can um, go down to the Yukon River. We have bicycles, canoes, yard games, fire pits. You know, we, we provide full room and board, uh, all activities, and we teach survival classes while they're here too, if they choose to take those. So I'm a survival instructor as well as Nate. He's also a survival instructor. And so we offer a wide variety from basic intermediate to advanced, um, first aid, not, uh, not first aid, but, um, basic wilderness classes, survival classes. Um, we do touch on like basic, outdoor uh, first aid survival stuff, but we don't certify anybody in first aid. Uh, and we do have a float trip that we offer that's a 10-day float trip down the Yukon River. It's a separate event from the retreat, but you can sign up to do this float trip where we do a 10-day float through the Yukon Charlie National Park Preserve, and it's uh, from Eagle to Circle, Alaska. It takes 10 days to do it. We teach survival classes along the way, and you cannot get more remote than that in the United States at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, and it makes me so excited. And as you listen to this, um, I'm going to share the website too in the links below, but it's wildwoods, W-Y-L-D-W-O-O-D-Z adventures.com. And if you go on there and you just check out these pictures and you just see what Gwen is talking about, I think that there's so many of us, especially as, as we live in these vast times where today seems like the world is changing every single day. We've probably, I would venture to say most of us have never ever experienced something like this before. And if it's okay, I just want to take a step back and what happened to you certainly should not have happened to you. And Gwen, I thank you for your service, Nate. I thank you for your service. I'm going to put you on the spot for a second, Nate. And I'm just curious going through that really hard time on, um, especially when you said it took about a year or so to kind of start to, to get things back in motion for yourself. Nate, what kind of struggles did you see her facing as she was overcoming that? Well, she's a very guarded person, so she kept a lot of it internal, but I could tell there was a lot going on. Um, she, uh, 
I would say she did a lot of quiet reflection, but I could tell that uh, when certain things would come up that she really missed what she did and it felt like it was ripped from her. So, and, and she would say that on occasion, like, man, I just feel like my life's been torn from me. Mm-hmm. It's been, it was rough watching her. But uh, said we had a visit with some friends that came up and one of them was a combat vet. One of them was a fellow officer from her, the combat vet. Um, basically um, hadn't slept well since he got back from Iraq in uh, it was, it was eight years. Eight years, yeah. He was a, he's a Marine in Fallujah, if that mm-hmm. says anything to you. And he got his first eight hours sleep after being up here for three days. And it was like we were on the, on the deck after they left. And, like, and that's where she had her moment, that breakthrough mo- through moment. It was like, the, the you can help moment. people with this. <laughs> and it's like, I have direction now. I think I know where we're supposed to go. So that was where she really came out of the, the whole I don't know where my life is going now. So, I mean, Eagle is more of a hiding place at first for us, and now it's an adventure for us. So, wow. Like, I can't imagine what that moment was like. And Gwen and I have talked on the phone, and I know Gwen shared that story with me. And she talked about the fact that that gentleman asked if he could come back again because it had that much mm-hmm. of an impact on him. And, and his life. And that, that's just really incredible. And I, I ask a lot of selfish questions. <laughs> so I'm just curious, Gwen, because I hear this from so many people who have unfortunately suffered from injuries in the line of duty. And I'm wondering what your experience was like with the treatment that you received from your superiors, from your own department, from the people in your sphere of influence when that happened. So it was super, super difficult. Um, I battled for I battled for a year. So what happened was I got I got struck by a vehicle. It totaled my car and totaled totaled my arm basically. Um, it smashed up my shoulder and did a lot of nerve damage, which caused nerve damage um, to the to the further extremity of my left arm. Well, being the hard headed cop that I was, <laughs> thinking you just have bumps and bruises, ah, I'm all right. I'll go back to work. So after taking about a week off just to recover from that uh, devastating car injury. I went back to work, but as I was working, my arm kept getting worse. Sometimes it would turn completely blue and the guys on shift were like, dude, you need to go get that check. There is something seriously wrong. And being hardheaded, I just kind of put it off for a little while until it got to the point that I was like, you know what? There really is something seriously wrong here. So I went in to go get, some medical evaluations done on it. And the doctors were super concerned that the blood supply and nerves were being uh, impacted. And there was, they didn't know what exactly was going on. So after a battery of tests and whatnot, they said, you need to go in and have surgery to get that um, pressure released on your chest because the impact of that injury uh, smashed those things together and they are not healing. And if you don't get them fixed, bad things are going to happen. So because I had gone back to work being hardheaded workers comp kind of was like, no, we're going to wash our hands of this. You went back to work and it was directly related to that. It was obvious that that's what the injury was from. And so I just kind of, you know, I went back to work and things were not getting better. They're getting worse. Um, I went out to the range one day to qualify and I couldn't even lift my arm up. It was so bad. There was just no, no nerve sensation. I couldn't, I couldn't manipulate the gun. The range master said, you know what? You're going to the emergency room. You need to go get that looked at. So I did. They said, you need to go in and get surgery. If you do not get surgery, you're going to end up losing your arm. And 
So battling back and forth with workers' comp, they sent me out to three different um, independent medical evaluators out of state, out of Alaska, and every single one of them said, get this done. If you don't fix this girl's arm, she's going to lose it. Like, this is serious. Get it done. And so it was literally just a paperwork battle with the state, which was infuriating to me. So finally, <clears throat> I ended up having to hire an attorney to be able to fight workers' comp. Once that happened, we went through the whole process of all the, the legal stuff with it and sitting down with their attorney, with the workers' comp attorney, as soon as I walked in, he's like, is that the injury we're talking about, your arm right there right now? I said, yes. He goes, no, this is not right. You need to be in surgery. I'm like, exactly. That's what yes. we've been talking about. So their attorney at that point just said, no, get, get her in. This is ridiculous. So from there, they got me signed up for surgery like within a few days. Um, and I got it done. But by then, it had been almost a year of this battle that I'd been in and so much nerve damage had been done at that point that had it been fixed from day one, that damage would have never been as significant as it was. But as it was with another year of rehab after that surgery to reconstruct everything, <clears throat> I ended up with 40% loss of the use of my dominant arm, which put me into a medical retirement category because I can no longer effectively fire my firearm so it took me out because of a legal battle that they just didn't want to pay the however much it was for the surgery to get done and it was really frustrating to me because I was not ready to leave I I loved my job I loved what I did it was that was my whole being you know I, I absolutely loved it and getting that taken away was just devastating <clears throat> so I didn't know at the time that there were any um, other outfits to seek help from. I thought I was completely on my own. I didn't know anything else out there existed and never even checked. So I moved remote because I didn't want to deal with society. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. So <clears throat> while I was out here, um, in order to get internet, you have to be down at the library to be able to get online. And we were contacted by the show Naked and Afraid and said, hey, it looks like the stuff that you post online that you're survivalist. Would you be interested in doing our show? I'm like, okay, I don't know what that is, but sure. <laughs> so I ended up getting accepted to go on the show. I went to uh, Mexico first for a 21-day challenge down in, in Oaxaca, Mexico. And <clears throat> my whole point of going down there was to prove that I was not going to let this disability destroy me. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. going to let it take control of my life. I wasn't going to let it dictate what I could and couldn't do. I didn't know if I was going to be able to survive 21 days, but mentally I knew that I could. So I went out there to press, press my limits. Well, once that show aired, Eddie Richardson from the wounded blue happened to see that show. He said he was, he said he was <laughs> <clears throat> laying in bed with his wife there. And he hopped up to go to the bathroom, and she had turned it on to Discovery Channel. And I, at the beginning of that episode, I'm in a grizzly bear cape, and I'm like, I got my knife, and I'm like, I'm Grizzly Gwen. Give me a knife. I can conquer the world. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Eddie, you got to come see this. And so Eddie came back in, and he starts watching. He's like, 
as soon as he saw that I was an injured cop and that I was doing it to try to show that I wasn't going to let that injury defeat me, he's like, I have got to get a hold of this girl. And so he tracked me down online and called me up. And from there we started talking and he was, he was just kind of my, my savior. He's like, you know what? Here's a direction you can take. And I told him about Wildwoods that we were working on, told him about all the stuff. And he said, I want you on my team. And so he flew me down to Oklahoma City where I did the training for the peer support uh, group. So I'm now a peer support advocate with the Wounded Blue where we help wounded officers do all that, you know, stuff. We do phone conversations with them. There's a lot of uh, places that we can send them for help. And, and working with other agencies and other uh, organizations, Kentucky Wounded Heroes, um, Warriors Rest Foundation, there's just all of these different places that are out there that are trying to help cops. And I loved that. So I was super happy to be involved with the Wounded Blue. They were super happy that we were opening up Wildwoods. And so it's been a really nice merge of organizations to offer lots of opportunities for people that need help that didn't ever think help existed. But now it does. And so we're here to help. That's what all of our goals are, is to help help others. Uh, it's, it's super inspiring to hear you recount your story because it should never have happened to where the people that you literally think have your back day in and day out would, would not show up for you in your most dire time of need. And it to take that as long as it did with literally your, your arm was dying in, in the midst of all of this. So it's a beautiful thing to see the way that you persevered and you knew mentally, like you're going to get through this shit no matter what. And Eddie is an amazing man. I'm, I'm so glad that it was him that had reached out to you and that you were able to build that connection because we need people with that same spirit, that same desire to know that there's something more, no matter how, how much the suck sucks sometimes. And, and I think it's amazing that you're able to have that type of relationship and to be able to not only have that for yourself, but then to also want to give that back to other people. So I certainly commend you on that. And I, I think it's so, so awesome what you're doing. And, you know, in, in Las Vegas, I know there aren't many tickets left, but in October there will be an event there. And so I'll leave again that show, that show, that link down in the show notes below. And if somebody were to listen to this and they want to connect with you a little bit further, maybe they say, you know what, I need to be the one to have that time carved out for myself. Um, I, with our clients, we talk about that all of the time, how it's so, it's so easy for first responders or military service members to invest so much in other people. And oftentimes they don't take that same investment into themselves. But if somebody is ready for that, for themselves, that especially with everything happening right now, we need something like this now more than ever. What sort of individual might be the ideal person to reach out to you to maybe, to maybe join this or to get started and just schedule even, even like a, a single weekend if they wanted to? Who is that person? In any, anybody that is struggling with any kind of spiritual physical, mental, emotional distress. They are to the point that they need to be able to pop smoke and go someplace just to have that uh, Shangri-La experience where they can just get out of the rat race and come up and be able to just literally hang out in a cabin, read a book, sit around a fire, enjoy the sounds of nature, 
but walk down by a river, just be immersed in wilderness. You are out in the middle of nowhere up here, and you can truly feel the shift when you get here from being in civilization to not being in civilization. And that's that's what we offer here. And if you feel like you need that kind of getaway that you just really need to escape, we are here. We have we have the ability to to put people up, to be able to feed them, to give them activities and let them have that experience and they can stay as long as they want. You know, we do we can it, it's expensive to fly in here because you have to fly in by bush plane. So you have to fly in to Fairbanks, Alaska. And then you have to take a cab over to Everett's Air and hop on a bush plane, which is another part of the experience. But it's $300 round trip from Fairbanks to Eagle. They only fly five days a week out here to this remote location. They don't fly on the weekends. And you just hop on a plane. You let us know that you're coming. We'll, we'll drive down to the airstrip. There's not an actual place that you can go sit in. There's no, no airport. It's literally a gravel runway on the side of the river. <laughs> and we will come pick you up. But if we don't know that you're coming, you're going to be sitting in a gravel bar in the middle of the Alaska wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just call us. Our number's on, on our website. You can call us directly. If you just want to call and talk, we'd love to do that too. We can give you ideas. We have lots of different options available, and that's the first step to self-healing is taking that first step to figure out, hey, I actually do need this help. And that's hard for, for those people that work in the jobs that we do to actually admit that you personally need help. That, that is the biggest key right there is realizing that it's time for you to, to take care of you and not have to take care of others. And that's, that's one of our biggest things up here is we don't want you to have to try to worry about taking care of others up here. We're here to help take care of you. You're here to help take care of you. And it's a very individualized experience for each person that comes up here. Yeah, it's such a beautiful message. And as you're listening to this, maybe you're driving to work right now and you're reflecting on all of the to-dos that you should have had done yesterday. And it's an easy feeling for us to get so caught up in the motions of that day in and day out. And I think, as, as Gwen said, even if there necessarily isn't something immediately going on right now, it's okay for you to carve out some time for yourself and to have that sort of retreat. And going on the, the Wildwoods website, there's this incredible menu and you can, it is very clear that both Gwen and Nate are, are very well in tuned with their craft and being able to give such a gift back to other people. And it's, it's exciting when you look at this, literally a menu that they have of the things in terms of the activities that are to be offered going to something like this, it, it can be as adventurous or as relaxing as you want it to be. And you're the one who calls the shots when doing something like this. And I'm truly grateful for what both of you are doing. I'm super excited to meet you guys in person in October. And as Gwen said, you can go on their website, you can send them a call. There's an email up on there. They do live in the middle of nowhere. So I know Gwen, you had made mention that it's about once a week or so when you guys try to check your emails. Um, is that still right? It is. <clears throat> we get down here to the library. We do checkups on all of our, our emails and whatnot. But if you really need to get a hold of us right away, certainly just call our phone number that's on that website. Um, it's a direct line into our, our home. And that's, we use it as our business line slash home phone number. 
So if you need to call, just call and we can help you navigate through that and set things up. So we're not, uh, we're not opposed to somebody calling up and saying, Hey, I don't navigate websites very well. I'm not very computer savvy, that kind of stuff. Call us. We'll make it work. It's not, it's not uh, the end of the world if you can't get signed up online. So just do what you need to do. We're here to help you out. Awesome. And time is the one thing that we can never get back. And I certainly appreciate both of you giving me some of yours this morning and for sharing it with everybody listening in. And um, I'm, I'm just so grateful to know that there are people like both of you who are doing such amazing things to give back to other people. And I am just so, so honored to even know people like you. So thank you truly. Well, thank you. And thank you for all the work that you've been doing too with your organization. I just, I am really fascinated with all of these organizations that have sprung up grassroots organizations that are like, Hey, you know, you guys need help. We're here to help. So it's, it's absolutely amazing to see how those things have shifted where those uh, different options were not available 10, 15 years ago. They certainly are now. Yeah, absolutely. And beautiful way to end the show. Thank you guys so much. Thank you.